Welcome to Evolving Humans. I'm your host, Julia Marie, and this podcast is for visionary people like you who are exploring the true nature of reality and want to contribute to the global awakening. You seek to deepen the connection to your multidimensional self so that you can live a more conscious life. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Evolving Humans. We appreciate your continued support with your downloads, ratings, and reviews. They do make a difference. Here's another episode of A Medium's Life, with some stories from the other side and the lessons I learned from the spirit world. I started to post an episode about something else today, but I've learned to pay attention to the subtle pushes from spirit. I have the sense there must be a message for someone who'll be listening to this episode today, but since I don't know what that message might be, I'll be sharing the stories that moved me the most when I looked through my files. All of the stories I'm sharing today demonstrate the creativity and the persistence of the people living on the other side. The stories are a great example of how determined they are to connect with their loved ones here, and the lengths they'll go to to make that happen. I've been doing intuitive reading, spirit art, and energy healing for over three decades, but the mediumship didn't start knocking at the door of my awareness until around 2010. I didn't start officially offering medium readings as a translator for the people living on the other side until 2012. The ways in which a medium works are as different as there are people on the planet. So there is no right or wrong way to do this. I'm a huge proponent of an individual getting thorough, competent training if they're going to offer themselves to the public as a voice for spirit. The best way I can describe what it's like for me when I'm working as a medium, well, just imagine you're sitting in the living room playing a game of charades. You have to try and figure out what the person's trying to tell you when they're not using any words. It's kind of like that. Often, I'll get a feeling or a sense that I then have to put words to. Sometimes I miss, but that's okay. If I get it wrong, I just ask the communicator, the person in spirit who's talking to me, to give it to me another way. Or give me another example of what they're trying to say. That usually does the trick. Sometimes I do hear words or thoughts drop in my mind, like all of a sudden I just know something, or I perceive an image. Usually it's how they presented physically when they were alive. The bulk of the conversation I have with the person in spirit is through my feeling sense. Now I said all that because I'm getting ready to tell you a few stories. I'm not hearing the words unless I actually say I heard that word. And as I'm working, I do ask the person who sits across from me if they understand how I've expressed something. Basically, it's like setting up a three-way phone call. And all three parties to the call are actively involved in this process. There's the person who came for the reading. There's the person on the other side trying to get their message across. And then there's the medium. The person in the middle is the interface between these two parties. So with all that in mind, 
Here's my first story. I want to share the lesson I got from this encounter before I tell you the story itself. Spirit will find a way. If you have been trying to hear from your loved one but haven't yet, don't give up. Even if you've already gotten readings from a medium or two and you haven't heard from your loved one, don't ever think they're not trying to connect with you. Sometimes a medium might tell you, oh, they haven't been gone long enough, or give you some other reason why they can't make the connection. My experience has been there is no set time for the spirit to be on the other side before they can communicate with their loved ones here. It's a matter of frequency match. I had the privilege of communicating on behalf of a young man who died in a construction accident three days after he passed. He was very clear about everything he wanted to say to his wife and young children. But there are a lot of variables involved in every communication of this kind, and sometimes, frankly, it just doesn't work. But for a medium to pass it off as a problem with the communicator in spirit, I personally don't agree with that. Yes, sometimes, despite our best efforts as a medium, it doesn't work. But that's not for the people in spirit's lack of trying. If I'm sitting with a client and the communication is less than satisfactory, I place the blame right where it belongs, with me. Because I'm the medium, and I'm the one in charge of managing the communication. Here's what I know to be true. The spirit world has expended a tremendous amount of effort to get that client to sit in the chair across from me. And I also know they've been observing how I work in order to determine if I'm the best shot for them to get their message across. This is particularly true when I'm doing a show where there's other mediums in the room. I never worry about who's there or not there, because here's what I know. Spirit's going to send me the clients that I can best help, because their loved ones in spirit have scouted everybody in the room and made the determination that at least for this day, I'm their best shot. Again, it usually boils down to resonance, vibration, the ability to harmonize with the frequency of the spirit communicator. This first story happened at a well-known, well-attended expo in Nashville, Tennessee in 2013. I'm giving you the date so you can understand I considered myself a rookie when it came to my mediumship at this point, but I've always had absolute trust in spirit and the spirit communicators, and I'm willing to go with the flow and follow where the energy is trying to lead me, especially in situations like this, because I don't know if this is that spirit communicator's one and only chance to pass on their message. If you've ever visited the exhibit halls at a county fair, then you've got a good idea of how big the space is. And if you haven't, well, two basketball courts, maybe three. Imagine this exhibit hall is filled with over 100 readers and people selling spiritual merchandise of all kinds. The noise level is pretty intense, and it requires some skill to drown it all out. 
I consider myself lucky because once a person sits down across from the table, everything disappears except the two of us, and I'm focused on how I can best help the person sitting across from me. It's Sunday afternoon, so it's the end of the day, at the end of a long, busy weekend. I've paced myself, though, so I'm doing pretty well energy-wise. The woman was slender, well-dressed, and graceful. She'd been waiting over two hours to have a past life reading with me. And when she sat down, that's where I thought we were going to go. When I'm working, my intuition and the mediumship are on two different frequency bands. If you're familiar with old-school AM-FM radios, I'll just use that analogy. For me, my intuition work is on the AM channel, and the mediumship is the FM channel. I've got myself on my AM radio frequency, scanning this client's Akashic records for three past lives that are currently influencing her present incarnation in some way. One of the past lives that was brought forward was when she was a female in India. I saw her dressed in red, a wedding dress. She wasn't happy because her father had basically sold her to the highest bidder. He saw her as an opportunity for him to get a large dowry, and he wasn't willing to hear input from her about the situation at all. This lifetime was so vivid that I told her I wouldn't be surprised to find you had intense father issues in this lifetime too because it's a wound that doesn't feel healed yet. Her response caught me off guard. She started to cry. In the conversation that followed, she said her dad had passed in the week just prior to the expo. The second she mentioned her father, I caught a glimpse of a balding man, you know, the kind with the hair on top but fringe around the sides with his head down, standing right behind her left shoulder. I continued with her past life reading and had no intention of saying anything about the man standing behind her because she wasn't there for spirit communication. We were almost done, and I found I couldn't just let her get up without saying anything about the man I saw. I felt I had to say something. I know now that was spirit pushing me, but I didn't realize that at the time. Was your dad bald on top with a fringe of hair, I asked her? Yes. When I'm doing a regular mediumship reading for anyone, I usually provide six to eight solid pieces of information about the communicator that the person sitting across from me can say yes to. But because I knew that what was about to happen was going to be a freebie from spirit, I just wanted to confirm the person I was seeing was her dad. I offered the rest of the physical description of the person I was seeing and she confirmed it all. So then I just started to pass on his message. He made me feel like he was taking responsibility for the separation between them. So that's what I told her. He wanted to ask her for her forgiveness. Again, she started to cry and responded that she felt she was the one who needed to ask him for forgiveness. He let her know he'd be working on a way to make his presence known. He was working on electricity, basically blinking the lights so that she could know he'd always be with her 
This message from your father is a gift from him and from spirit. Her reply surprised me. His birthday was the next day, Monday, May 20th, she told me. Then she shared he'd been trying to come through earlier in the day. She'd gone to another medium in the hall who hadn't been able to pick up her dad, so that medium did a tarot reading for her instead. Now, if I can't make a connection with the sitter's loved one, I offer to refund their money, especially if they specifically sat down for a mediumship reading. As she told me this story, her dad showed me how he'd been jumping up and down, waving his arms and yelling, trying to get this medium's attention, obviously with no luck. The medium told this client she couldn't make the connection because the father hadn't been gone very long at this point it had only been about a week I told her that often it has to do with the medium's ability or lack of ability to pick up the spirit communicator's frequency not necessarily the amount of time the spirit's been on the other side and besides not every medium can pick up every spirit Her eyes got big, like she was surprised to hear that, but it's true. And most people don't know this. So she'd basically given up on hearing from her dad over the weekend, probably because she'd been told it wasn't possible this soon. But somehow her dad guided her to my booth and tried again. So she'd know for sure that the only thing that really mattered was the love that never dies. At the end of his communication, he blasted me with a big dose of gratitude. It was so intense it made me start to well up again. He thanked me for being willing to let the message get through to her. I let him know it's the spirit communicator that I serve anyway. And when a communicator goes to those kinds of lengths to try to get their message across, who am I to refuse to pass it on? I told you the people in spirit can get creative. The father let me know he was there but didn't interfere with the reading as it unfolded. It was as if he was waiting for his opportunity, and when his daughter mentioned him, that's what opened the door and he showed himself to me. If you're enjoying this episode, please take a moment to rate it and leave an honest review so we can reach more people. And now back to the conversation. This next story also demonstrates how creative a communicator can get in order to get a message to one of their loved ones. This one happened just last year in late summer. Would I have caught the nuanced manipulation of the energy in this case ten years ago? Probably not. But because of all the readings I've done in the intervening years, my awareness is more tuned to the subtle signals that can come from spirit side. The woman, let's call her Carol, was a regular client, and on this day she booked an energy healing session with the team. The sessions take about half an hour, so I didn't mind making an exception to my reading rule and booking her on a day when I had a busy schedule. We were on Zoom, and I turned off the recording at the end of our session. I don't want to keep you, she said, but if you have a minute... And I responded... Even though I had a ton of stuff on my plate to get to, oh, that's okay, sure. 
I said those words even as I was telling myself, what are you thinking? But the nudge was just strong enough for me to pay attention and surrender to the moment. I gave an internal heavy sigh. We talked about a variety of subjects, and I'm on high alert about what is the message I'm supposed to give to her, or what am I supposed to receive from her. The conversation got around to what she was going to do with her life, so I thought, well, maybe I'm supposed to give her a free reading. Nope. She started talking about her exploration of psychedelics and microdosing, and I'm only listening with half an ear and then... She mentioned how, just the week prior, she'd done a journey with her companion, we'll call him John, and at one point, with his head bowed, she asked him what was going on. He said he was being hugged. That was all it took. Before she could get the next sentence out of her mouth, I became aware of a man I knew to be John's father standing in the doorway I make in my energy field for the people on spirit side. They know that if they stand there, they'll get my attention. So I asked her if she would understand my telling her that his dad was in spirit. She said yes, and then told me John had said he was being hugged by his father that day. It was as if the floodgates opened, and information just poured out. I gave a quick description of the person I was seeing, which she affirmed. John's father told me he'd worked himself to death. He was an incredibly gifted businessman and entrepreneur, but he built his business and kept putting off enjoying life. This was the business his son was now working really hard himself to expand. John's father's message was pretty straightforward. He was proud of his son for stepping up and taking over the business. His father was an astute businessman, however, and added that it was time to sell, that the business had peaked. He wanted to encourage his son to go live his life. Carol emailed the next day to let me know John did listen to the tape. He cried, but he got the message. Just as in the other story, I'm pretty sure the spirit communicator had been there the whole time, even though this was not a mediumship reading. I was not aware of him until after the session when the client mentioned her companion and his experience of being hugged. Then there he was, standing in the door. It was almost like, well, remember on Star Trek when the Klingon vessels would be cloaked? It's almost as if the communicator is present, waiting, but cloaked. John's father must have known there'd be some sort of opportunity, and I believe... He likely had a hand in influencing me to just chit-chat with Carol after our session, even though I had a lot on my plate that day. The people in spirit know the agreement I have with them. If you can create a situation where your message will get to your person directly or indirectly, I will do my best to deliver it. In this instance, Carol wasn't the person for whom the message was intended but she had a very close relationship with John. John's father did a brilliant job, and I kept my end of the bargain. And a son who needed to know it was okay to let go of the business heard that message from his father loud and clear. 
So here's one last example, a much shorter story with a very happy ending. I'll call this client Brenda. A couple of years ago, Brenda came for a past life reading. The reading went very well, and at the end of her reading, I became aware of an older man standing in my spirit communicator door. Again, it's a spot in my auric field that I've designated for them to use to get my attention. I described this man to Brenda, and she said, Sounds like my grandpa. We didn't go into a formal reading, I just acknowledged that he was there. Two years later, in 2022, Brenda booked another appointment. This time it was a mediumship reading, and it was a gift for her grandma, the wife of the man who'd shown up at her past life reading two years earlier. Brenda traveled from St. Louis to Branson, Missouri, where her grandma lived, to help set up the laptop. We did the reading on Zoom, and about ten minutes before the reading started, I heard the name Arnold clearly in my mind. I set it to the side, but because I was prepping for her reading, I knew it had to be relevant somehow. Come to find out, Arnold was the last name of Brenda's grandma's best friend who'd passed. She just stopped by to say hello. We spent most of the rest of the time sharing everything Grandpa had to say to his wife and his granddaughter. At the end of the reading, Brenda told me she'd not seen her grandma in 20 years. She had traveled to Branson to be there during the reading and to reconnect with her grandma. Did Grandpa maybe have a hand in orchestrating all of this? That'd be my guess. He wants his wife to have family members around that she enjoys, and he wants his granddaughter to learn more about her grandma. There's a lot more to share about the spirit side of life, but that's our time for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to leave a rating and an honest review and share it with two people so that we can wake up the world. If you want to leave a voicemail with your questions about mediumship or the spirit world, just head on over to EvolvingHumansPodcast.com. Who knows? You may be part of a future show. <laughs>